Good evening and welcome to tonight's show from DJN TV, Disc Jockey News TV. Tonight's show is brought to you by Electra Voice, DJ Event Planner, DJ Trivia, Odyssey Innovative Designs and Cases, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and the DJ and TV Insiders. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the DJ Spotlight here on Disc Jockey News TV. Disco Kitty, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, how are you? I am amazing. I am so, I'm so stoked to hear more about your story. So why don't we start there? Why don't you tell us about those early beginnings and how it kind of brought you to where you are today? It's a long story. Um, it started with me going to college uh, down south in southern Illinois. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. And um, I started out at, like hanging out with gangbangers in high school, and I got into electronic music as a kid. But like, uh, we didn't have, like, I didn't have access to buying DJ equipment. So I go to college. And I marry this guy in a punk rock band. And um, he, we got a lot of financial aid from it because at the time, I'm a little older, um, you would get more grants for being a non-traditional student. And because I was 18, I, um, I qualified for, and married, I qualified for being a non-traditional student. He was in the military. So he was like, he was getting gear, you know, with the extra money that we had. I know, like, really responsible students. I graduated in four years, though. I did it. So I put that money to good use. But I did, um, he's, he bought the tables. And um, he wanted to use them for the band, but they never really used them. And they were techniques because he knew his gear really well. And so I took with them over because I had that background of listening to um, music influence, you know, that like I was hearing with when I was hanging out with the gangbangers. Uh, I know suburbs of Chicago, but you'd be surprised. So they, it heavily influenced like what I started doing because I would try to emulate DJs like bad boy bill, like old school, bad boy bill from Chicago and Julian Perez and Tim spinning Shomer, which is like, uh, and he spins a genre called freestyle or heartbeats. And it's like, uh, Judy Torres. And, uh, they're just like love songs that are to break beats. Like you hear like roller skating. So from then, um, I went to go get my master's degree in Las Vegas. And uh, I, I divor I, in the middle of that, um, I divorced the guy. Uh, drama, you know, kids sh really should not get married. It's stupid. <laughs> but you know, I ended up with tables and this, you know, really good, <laughs> really good mixer. So um, I went, every time I'd go back to Chicago, I would crate dig in the discount bins, like, because that's all I could afford with my, you know, with my student money. And, like, I couldn't afford to buy, like, the, and who cares if I had the hottest song in Carbondale, because that's where I was at. I was, like, in some shitty small towns down south. I was just learning how to mix anyways. So 
I would go to garage sales, uh, flea market, um, and just trying to emulate like what I had heard growing up, but still like with my own style. Because as it turns out, even though I, I, I've kind of known in the electronic scene as more of a drum and bass DJ, but um, in the DJ scene and the like, or even the big, the universe of, you know, of social media, I'm an open format DJ. And it turns out I've always been an open format DJ, regardless of what I was collecting. I would still like play the original Sade smooth operator with a house beat train wrecking like horribly because this is on turntables. <laughs> but like I was, I can, I would record everything I did and listen, I still have some of those tapes and I've like di digitized them to like try and sample some of the ideas I was trying to work with and make 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. So, I mean, so I moved to Las Vegas and that's when I became confident enough to DJ in public. Um, still not uh, open format DJ. That's when I would became like a junglist. Like Disco Kitty was born in Carbondale, but like uh, stage presence Disco Kitty came out in Las Vegas. And that's where I like did um, raves at this place called like the Candy Factory. And like I still remember like one of my first gigs, I was only paid like a little bit of money. And um, the train, we were outside in the back and the trains were like coming as I was playing like drum and bass. So it was like really cool. So that really like, I got the bug, you know, people are really excited at raves. And so I moved to Chicago and I uh, started, I was like, I turned it, I didn't know anybody when I moved back to Chicago because I was from the suburbs when I had gone to college and went to Vegas. And I came back to Chicago to be with my family. And um, I would turn out, I, I met people through being like a flyer girl and passing out flyers at four in the fucking morning in February, like in the shadiest like district where the hookers were like, they don't even exist anymore. Like this area doesn't even exist anymore, but like anyone from Chicago will know Kingsbury and North Avenue. And I was out there in the middle of the night and I still, some of those guys like still remember me like dropping flyers on cars and dodging, you know, like dipping in between cars, putting on flyers. And then I got gigs and, then I got um, married, and <laughs> um, I don't hear you. Are you oh, I, I, okay, I, good. Oh, yeah, there we go. Microphone, good. Okay, so I got married, and um, obviously um, my relationship kind of took um, the forefront of what was important to me versus, like, fact is people who go out to clubs are looking to get laid most of the time. It's just a fact. People are out there looking to get wasted, looking to score drugs or looking to party and meet people and fuck around. And so, like, um, my husband is cool. He'll go with me, but he's not in the club scene, music scene. He's a different he's, – he's him, you know? He's not part of a scene. Now, I'm a tribal person. He's not. He's more of an independent person. 
So, um, yes, the gigs definitely decreased as um, my relationship developed. And then I got pregnant. Yeah. Um, and um, then um, we found out early in the pregnancy that we were going to be spending time in the NICU. Mm-hmm. So I had to prepare for that if the baby was going to be born. Um, we were lucky enough to know that we were going to have a high chance of the baby being okay if he was born naturally. So we expected to have natural birth. Um, we went to the hospital five weeks early. Water broke at home. And uh, we ended up doing 10 weeks at the NICU instead of like what was supposed to be only maybe a month. Uh, it doubled. There were some accidents. Just bad luck, and but good luck, because we have a perfect child now. We're great. So, but during that t- those 10 weeks, like, I had a lot of thinking to do. And um, I, was in, I, I was in the middle of going to naturopathic medical school at the same time. Um, yeah, like, I, um, I've dissected and skinned a body. It was really cool, and I think everyone should do that, because I've, I've learned how, like, how my body works. Um, I decided that school was not important anymore. Nothing like being like a hot DJ was not that important anymore. And like I had to breastfeed. Um, my child was born with a thing called gastroschisis. I can bring awareness. I guess I can use this platform to bring awareness. Um, it's kind of like a cleft palate, but in the gut and basically your gut, I, both of us had our guts hanging out, um, when I gave birth, cause I ended up having an emergency C-section and they had to pull me apart and the baby came out and his guts were out and they had to like stuck in his stick in his intestine back in and, um, he's a survivor and just watching him. In the hospital, go through a series of like things that were setbacks. Uh, just gave me perspective on who I wanted to be, and it wasn't me spending the next four years in medical school. Spending a, it was a stand. It still was a standard medical school, even though it was natural natural medicine, and trying to be a musician. Uh, how did I want to present myself now? Like. Before I was like disco kitty, you know, sexy, sassy, bitchy, you know. Um, I'd out late at night, out till nine in the morning, you know, like networking, hanging out. And now, like, I can't hang out till nine o'clock in the morning. Like, then you get your, where's your man? What kind of mom are you? You know, people think, what kind of mom are you? I would think, what I, I, personally think what kind of mom am I if I'm out till nine in the morning because I know that like I got to come home and be a mom right after that so my gigs have definitely changed from what they were in the Vegas days and early Chicago days to what they are now so right now I'm doing mostly open format for like weddings and um gallery openings corporate events um i do some club work every now and then i'm gonna try and probably break back into that scene when i move back to san diego but um 
Yeah, that's really that's really where I'm at at this point. That's how I've gotten from the beginning to where I am now. Is yeah, my kid really really impacted who I wanted to be as a musician. I really appreciate that you mentioned that because especially as women, <laughs> the frustrating thing is and you kind of touched on it earlier uh was that you know, you're in a relationship or you're getting married or you're having a kid and suddenly the things around you start to change as far as your career it's as if people assume you're not going to be able to handle the work that you need to do and it sounds like yeah. to me for you it sounds like to me um you the experience that you had gave you some perspective on what was and wasn't working in your career. Because when you, t when I hear people talk about staying up to all hours in the morning, like, look, I want to network and I want to meet people, but I'm not going to have quality conversations with people that are on drugs at four in the morning. I'm going to have quality conversations with people in the middle of the day when people are sober at workshops at like events where we are learning the same. producers yeah so it sounds like to me um there was a lot of perspective that you gained from that experience and i know that you're making a big move in your life right now and there, there's pros and cons that come uh, from that experience so how did you know that this was the right choice for you at this time in your life oh that's um it's actually an easy question um i'm at i'm at i'm approaching midlife i have a small child who's about to go into kindergarten so now we decided i i i've always had wanderlust um before i met my husband he'd not traveled as much and um I did live in Las Vegas for two years and I really liked it. And I, uh, I, I, I've always, I've been dreaming of all my life since I was a kid, since I touched foot, like on my first step on like, like, like San Juan, like I always wanted to live where it was warm and like tropical and beautiful and near the water and near the ocean. And um, to be honest, um, some issues happened with my family and it was, it's, I'm now at a time where like I can separate off and not feel like I'm abandoning anyone or hurting anybody. I can do me. Yeah. And it's a result of, um, other people choosing not to grow. And so uh, there was, an, so there I got another like little slap in the face from life. And I was like, yo, you know, like, what do you want with your life? I want to go to California. I want to go see the mountains. I want to wake up 20 minutes from the beach. If I want to drive and go like, instead of having, having to like get fucked up, I want to be able to go breathe some air. Um, I used to read a lot of Russian novels and like a lot of Russian history and like they would send the dignitaries and like the, you know, the royalty to the Baltic sea and to where the water was salty, where the air was salty to get healthy and stuff like that. So I just feel like for my, for my mental health, my, um, I've been kind of like, uh, 
just stagnated in my, uh, just like my career and my ideas. I just feel like I need like a, something to inspire me. That's more than what is in my head and more than what like some party substances could probably do to add to like my, what's going on in my imagination. And my kid is about to start kindergarten. Perfect time to establish a new life somewhere else. Um, my husband works from home. He was able to work that out so he can do that. I am just a, I am just an event DJ. I can go DJ in Peru if I feel like, like, so we are at a point in our lives where we can semi-retire and move and follow our dreams instead of, so we decided we're like, are we going to do this for kindergarten? We're going to wait for our kid to go to college and then pick up everything 20 years or whatever of crap and take off. And like, I, I don't know, like I love Chicago, but like, I'm kind of at a point here where like, I've, 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 I've stayed my welcome. I've done my, I've done been here, I've been here since 2000. So I've done 20 good years here in Chicago. And it's like, everyone is doing, taking their opportunities. And I'm so, I'm so fucking proud of them, but I don't want to go like try and step in on their shit. Like I need to go build something new. And like, if I just show up in a city, I'm like, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to go do some stuff. Like nobody's be like, who does she think she is walking in here trying to take my job or starting this new night. I'm just this person who knows how to DJ that showed up in San Diego. I, I really am like seeing it that way. I really appreciate your openness to grow and learn and get uncomfortable and change your situation. Like that is like, if, if that's it's not scary. a growth mind, it is. But if you don't take risks, like, are you, like, if you don't get uncomfortable, are you really growing? I mean, I think of somebody in the gym lifting weights, like if you don't add some weight on there and like feel uncomfortable, how are you going to get your gains? And you're yeah. just like, you're so on point with that. I, I so appreciate that. And, um, I, I love that you're taking the opportunity to do it now as opposed to waiting, because I think a lot of people do that. They're like, we're doing it for our kids. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like, I don't want my kids to ever think I couldn't accomplish my passion just because they were born. Oh my gosh. So I, I so appreciate that. Um, you kind of like touched on it a bit about being an open format DJ. I know that you also do DJ, like you also DJ weddings, which like of its own is like a whole other thing because I'm guessing you're also like master of ceremonies and, uh, you know, it's a show. Yes. Even though it's not a show. Yeah. So. so I, I'd love to know how you utilize that, how you take what, you know, from that scene to the electronic music scene, like how do you like really build off of that and, you know, just be the best, live the, your best DJ life. This is, this is a great question because I had an amazing wedding yesterday. So um, yesterday I had 60 people. The week before I also had 60 people. Two very, very different weddings. Two very, very different outcomes. Um, one wedding I had to, I, I, as a DJ, I had to call it and tell them that maybe they should end early. The other wedding, we could have gone for another three hours. Yeah. So uh, I never, 
ever, ever, ever would have imagined myself to be a wedding DJ. Cause I mean, immediately when someone thinks or hears of wedding DJ, they think of the, some hokey old, like nerdy person playing the chicken dance and like, like high school dance music or whatever, just like stuff that you don't really care for, but it's just taking up ear noise or whatever. It's just like background music and you're just there and you, you might dance to a couple songs that you might like. And that's uh, not what I learned. So um, a friend of mine approached me, ironically, like he had opened up for me, um, Spencer Locken of Orchard Lounge. They're playing at Electric Forest this weekend. Um, and they played Lollapalooza. So my friend who opened for me is like now my boss. It's crazy. He, I was a guest at a wedding he was DJing at. And he's like, I've been looking for you. I remember opening for you and I really liked your style. Would you consider being a wedding DJ? And I'm like, um, I don't know. So he sends me this email and it was really like well thought out and well put. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out and see what it's about. Cause the money sounds pretty good. So, um, I did it. And so I am definitely not like, I am a master of ceremonies. Yes. I do get on the mic. I do make announcements. I do talk to people, but I'm definitely not like, Hey, everybody get up. I get up on the floor. Let's go. One, two, three. Wobble. You know, like don't announce like I'm not, you're not going to hear me. I'm just, uh, I keep everything. I keep everything very dignified, um, in respect to announcements, but the music aspect has changed everything about just like what I know about music and what I've been doing about music. So I stated earlier that like, even though I, um, you know, started out playing raves really, um, I didn't like, I, I was open format in my heart, but not truly playing open format. Cause I did not have the skills to do it. And I don't think you need to like a Serato or quantizing. Cause I, um, I am not a, uh, Oh, oh, what's the sync? So yeah, see, I'm, I just proved for sure. I'm not a sync DJ because I couldn't even remember the word not hating because I have used it. And it is really like, if you play with it, you can actually hit sync and like start playing with effects and use that time to do other things with the music. And now with controllers, you can like remix and hit pads and stuff. So not hating on syncing, just I, I I'm a turn, I'm a turntable DJ. So, um, can I interrupt still, you for a second? What? Oh, I was saying, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Uh, the sync button saved <laughs> my life the other day. I, yeah, see, so. Yeah, I was at a pre-party and uh, we got kicked out of the venue because apparently they don't like money and there was too many people. <laughs> okay. And, and so, uh, yeah, so the, the organizer was like, well, we're going over to this other club. And I was like, dude, I got my USB. I got my headphones. Let's do this. And he was like, what? And he's like, I'll pay you. Yeah, let's do this. And I get there and I realized I did not have my headphone adapter. And I had to get my husband to come bring it down. And I was like, and this is the time we use the sink button. There you go. And I was just like, and I remember telling my, you know, elitist friend about this and He's like, you get my approval, but, uh, <laughs> a, good, a good DJ should be like at least versed in what things are, do what they do 
and appreciate what they do and not like hate on it because it's not the method it's what it sounds like yeah i mean same with music like i don't see i'm not a competitive person like we all have our own styles and our own sounds and like go listen to my song here this is this is what it is you know uh good luck with whatever way you decide to display it but um yeah so back to me being a wedding dj and how it affected and affects me so um okay so before when i be became this like performance drum and bass diva of las vegas <laughs> i mean because let's be real like there's not a lot of female junglists there were not a lot of female junglists in 1998 how old am i <laughs> who cares no botox no fillers yeah, yeah, yeah. um but um I, what got me to learn how to DJ was this idea, this concept that music is written in, in bars and in, in 32 beats, you know? So if you can count, if you can find one through eight and count to eight four times, like it, it's called the, uh, I forgot. Um, it was like a Wu-Tang thing. Someone called it a Wu-Tang thing. I don't even know. I Googled it. No, I've never been able to find it. So like, I'm sure they were full of shit, like the RZA rule or whatever, but whatever I, I thank God for that person that said that because I'm a classical pianist since four years old. Like I was in competitions. Like I teach piano lessons now. I never put it together. Hold on. Hold on. I have a kid emergency right now. I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> so, um, if you don't even need to slice, if you splice, if you don't want, but, uh, so music is written. Welcome to mommy land. Uh, so, um, so this mu this uh, concept that music is written in 32 beats, like standard electronic music and just like most music in general, like a new instrument, a new sound will come in at around 32 and you've got one through eight for sure that are probably going to be like non-changed. You you're guaranteed it'll be a perfect loop. Even, you know, four is easy, but if you can count one to eight, you can line up songs to really like sound presentable. So that's how I would, that's how my style style basically would be is like, I'd be finding those like paragraphs and finding the one through eights. And yeah, like to, starting at one or starting at three, you know, like playing with that and maybe even like doing a little turntableism and like knocking them and like doing them offbeat and looping stuff. But at that time, remember everything was still 20 years ago, manual. Uh, the best thing I had was, hitting a button that counted a loop and I'd have to go one, two, three, four, stop. And then hit the two, you know, the two and the four button or whatever. And like do that. So, um, then I get into wet. And so, so, so the, my mixes were very just like, even like if I started at one twenty six, maybe I ended at one twenty nine, you know, like, not a lot of change, just, uh, just, and it's good. A lot of people still mix like that. Those are great mixes. Totally fine. Uh, I need more excitement. I, um, I get bored easily. So, uh, the, so the weddings, like a lot of genres, a lot of BPMs, how, how I organize my music is first by genre in folders that I make, I guess, 
what we call what people the layman call crate um playlists i we call them crates i don't make play, playlists i still like people are like well you have a playlist on spotify i'm like no i got like eight thousand crates on my serato and record box like i i i guess i should make playlists but more probably would have more social media note to self <laughs> so um i do my crates and then for like weddings like I start the company I used to work for and still kind of work for in Chicago style matters style matters your style matters so like we would cater our DJ our uh, sets for the weddings to exactly like not like they don't give us every song but they say like what Spotify or Pandora station who some of their favorite artists are and so like now I would have to curate like a cocktail list which has to be upbeat and lovely because you don't want it to be depressing and you don't want it to be about cheating or heartbreak. So, you know, you have to start like listening to what songs are about, which I am the worst at lyrics. It's my favorite song. I like, I have, I, I couldn't tell you the lyrics to my favorite, my song. My husband knows every lyric. My son, same thing. They memorize everything. I know bass and rhythm. Like I'm more of a, I, the funk you know the rhythm gets me that's what gets me going um yeah. lyrics beautiful i love the sound of vocals but for some reason my brain cannot catch lyrics i don't know about you but i only catch them 10 20 years later where i'm like <laughs> that was a very inappropriate song for my oh, age yeah. that i was listening to and now i hear the lyrics <laughs> oh i can't believe you know like so when yeah when i hear parents talk shit about songs i'm like um uh, rock the boat yeah that's uh do you oh, know yeah. what a boat is yeah, yeah. Do you know what, do you know what a boat <laughs> i is? love that tune that's a great song but, we, Leah, but as a woman you better be rocking that fucking boat you know like so <laughs> work it you know like straight up so um yeah so with wedding so with weddings like now i'm mixing with different genres and um and different BPMs and I have to really really pay attention to the crowd because like I want to have a successful wedding like a successful night so watching like half for me it's a failure to see half the family I don't know what's happening in the background personally to them but like for me seeing half the family on their phones or sitting down I am using whatever I can and building into a song to get all everyone up there and figuring a way to get out of some of those songs because I'm also taking requests because a good, a good wedding DJ takes requests. If you're not taking requests as a wedding DJ, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong field. You should be a producer. You should not be at weddings. Speaking of production. So I, Oh my God. I'm listening to your SoundCloud. I'm listening to your mixes and I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Can you tell us about your process in the studio? Okay. So, um, for producing mixes or songs, uh, music. So like my own songs. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I can start with a sad story of my childhood. <laughs> Um, basically, um, I was a classical pianist and I played in like competitions and like, um, and for my school and I basically was punished a lot for 
making lots of, for making, if I made errors. Mm -hmm. So as a result, like it stagnated my ability to write music. And I have just started writing music a year ago. I'm in my forties. So the process began with me finally, like actually going to therapy and like cleaning out my head, moving away. We're moving away. Like all of this stuff. And like suddenly like, the music, the ideas that like I've been thinking about for these past 20 years, because I like in writing, I, I am a lyricist. I can write lyrics. I can sing. I do have a very good ear. My voice is not like professional because I'm not a professional singer, but I can sing and I will be doing my own vocals on my songs. Um, I've finally been able to get out songs. So what I've been doing is um, right now I'm remixing. So I remixed it shallow. I re remixed shallow by Lady Gaga and uh, I played it for a few people. Like, um, you know, since I have been in Chicago for a few years, I do know a few professionals in the industry. I'm not going to drop any names, but uh, I played it for them and they were like, this is really good. And I'm like, it's like pretty much the second to third song I've like really sat down and like played. So um, I kind of use like, again, like rules. First, first, I guess what I do is um, I find a sample I want to work with because right now I'm still having trouble like writing my own music, like my own ideas, like putting my own instruments together into a drum set or whatever like so to speak so i'm still using samples i'm still in that part of the process but um take a sample and then i'll find like a good beat that i want to do with it and then i just start uh experimenting with the sound and then i put it away for like a like a while I, I i am not like uh i think it was mad villain that like made one of his album like or mf doom like made an album like in one week on his like one weekend on his npc player like uh drugs or no drugs like i couldn't do that mm -hmm. so i put it away and then i'll go back and listen to it again and i'll be like okay this is pretty good but it needs to be organized because i used to play piano for the choirs and the magical so i know how to arrange music by writing it um which is hard for me on the computer but basically i've come up with a system for myself where i know where i want to uh follow a certain pattern of how i want music to go so right now i'm doing mashups um i'm releasing a new mashup soon i i don't know if you're a um fan of what is that show blind on netflix uh, um black mirror i think we so, are fans of that show. okay okay so black mirror plays this one song called i'll be there for you it's really haunting and it, they play it in a lot of the episodes so, um, it, I really love it. So, um, I've taken it and I've added a new twist to it. It's pretty dope. And then I've mashed it up with this, um, song that's really famous in the Latin community. And if you've seen Mi Vida Loca, it's called, um, Suavecito. 
I love this song, Suavecito, very much. So it's a mashup between I'll Be There For You and Suavecito. So I'm going to be releasing that on just my SoundCloud page. Hopefully before I leave town um, by the end of July. Otherwise, it'll be a while before that. <laughs> this the move is going to be insane. I'm glad that you're mentioning some of these. Um, before we end the interview off and talk about all of these upcoming projects that people should definitely check out, I just wanted to acknowledge um, what you were talking about, about when dealing with mental health so freaking important especially in this industry like yeah it's toxic and i love how you said like cleared like cleaned out my mind like yes and i love and it sounds like to me you process things by writing music oh yeah and i you know i've been uh, at a bunch of workshops today and um it's like a lot of hip-hop r&b peeps and they are chatting about how there's like when they are angry and when oh, yeah. they're sad is when they write the best material. 100%. And 100%. Yeah. And you also mentioned another thing that, uh, so the, the workshops I was at were for Northern Touch Music Festival. If you're in Winnipeg, check them out. One of the things they also mentioned was sampling. And I know people get a lot of hate on this, but. Um, yeah, me and my husband fight about it all the time. Like, he thinks it's totally foul. Like <laughs> the professionals, the professionals, the people that were running these workshops were like, sample shit like are you kidding me why are you gonna waste they're your like, time yeah they're like like not only like uh yeah sure sample it make it your own um but i mean sometimes with these drum sets some people are using them uh, or like all these different sample packs uh everybody ends up sounding the same whereas when you're sampling music you can put your own spin on it and yeah, when I was listening to your mix and I was like, not only is your mix like a journey, it's like, um, Thank you. it sets a mood and, um, yeah, I would, I know everybody would love to hear about, uh, any upcoming projects that we should be checking out and events in the future. Okay. So straight up, uh, events private yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm moving um so i couldn't commit to anybody i didn't want to because i didn't know if we were going to move in july or august so i definitely drop you could say drop the ball or i've just i you know what i do have one event it's um at swig on the last it's the last swig of the month um it's called the goods my good fr friend duke shin runs it i used to be a, an original resident but i had luke i had my kid i'm not going to say my name his name i'm going to give him afford him some privacy yes i love it um although my facebook does i do post a lot of funny parental items but um the goods <laughs> The Goods is on July 25th, and it's my going away party, last going away party um, for Chicago. Um, with regard to projects, so I'm going to do the I'll Be There For You mashup. It will be on my SoundCloud page. I believe that's just Disco Kitty. We'll have the links. We'll yeah, have great. We'll have the links for them. And then um, I plan on releasing a mix that 
is for me and for you, for the world. And it's goodbye, Chicago. Hello, San Diego mix. Um, it'll probably be several hours because I'm going to be driving about 24 hours. And it really is going to be, um, you touched on how my, mo my mixes do take you on a journey. Fact. I absolutely put my mixes together in a way where like, uh, you are going somewhere, even though I said like I have a hard time with lyrics, that doesn't mean that the rhythm doesn't tell things about the song sometimes regardless of lyrics and it helps sometimes helps me and guides me into making those mixes. But this mix that I have coming up definitely is lyric intensive, um, rhythm intensive, and it really is saying how Chicago has influenced me. Thank you. Goodbye. I love you. I'm heartbroken that I have to leave. I, I have, I have to leave. Like it's, I just I feel like something's calling me out as well. So, and I have to go start my new life and check my new dreams. And part of my new dreams is my w new company that I've started right now. It's just got a generic name. It's called a wedding DJ San Diego Disco Kitty. <laughs> you can find it on Facebook until I gain some clients and like get some momentum and network and get to know the people out in San Diego. I felt like to have, I would just keep a generic name so that people could search me and find me. And, um, I think, I think, you know, building the business, moving, releasing a mix, another song. I think, I think I feel good about that. I wish I was DJing a bunch of uh, gigs and I w wish I was at a bunch of festivals. Um, to be honest, I don't think I would be the best DJ right now in my life to be doing that. And it would be just like a mess of songs versus like the journey that I would want to take a crowd on. I mean, cause crowds don't bother me. That's not an issue. But I don't want to be a disappointment. I would want them to be like sober or not, really feeling like they are in a different zone. I so appreciate your perspective. I love your vulnerability. I love your growth mindset. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story with the rest of us. For the rest of y'all that are tuned in to this, what did Disco Kitty say that really stood out to you? Some insight she gave you that you want to use in your career today. Let us know in the comments below how you are going to make that happen. And as always, don't let no one kill your vibe. Yeah.